I'm Dr. Gina Ross, and I'm running for U.S. Senate for the state of Missouri. I'm good trouble because people are my first priority. I will stay true to all people as I stay true to myself. I'm unbossed, unbought, and unbiased, paving the way for change. Please follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or go to my website, RossForUSSenate.com. We're better together, building a better tomorrow beginning today. Business as usual is no longer acceptable and feel free to make a contribution. No dollar amount is too small. Thank you very much. What you see in the flesh I'm free from people Free from myself There's a liberty in Christ I am Well, hello ladies Woo, Two of my favorite people I'm telling you Welcome And welcome to the Ross for U.S. Senate 2022 campaign We are presenting Ms. Jamie Johnson, the caregiver's friend, and she's here to do a presentation on that discussion, the caregiver's friend. And you know, this is part of our opportunity to come together and check out some things and learn how to be the best you in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Dr. Gina. Hey. Welcome, Ms. Jamie Johnson. Good wow. Good evening. Good evening. Just so glad that you guys are hanging out today. And we do have a big hello from Patricia Tracy. She says hello. Hello, Patricia. All right. Go ahead and you know the drill. We like participation. This is your candidate. Dr. Gina Ross for U.S. Senate 2022, representing the state of Missouri. She is your candidate, and she's going up to uh, participate in the primary this April 2nd. So, August 2nd. Oh, I'm sorry. August 2nd. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. August 2nd. I think I've done that before. A, 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 A. So thanks for jumping in there, uh, Dr. Gina. Now, just to know, now here is a great supporter. 
Ms. Jamie Johnson, she's yes. the caregiver's friend, and she's going to make a great presentation, give us some information about what she does. Come on, take it away, Ms. Jamie. Well, thank you so much. It is certainly an honor and a privilege to be here tonight with Dr. Gina Ross, our candidate for U.S. Senate. And thank you so much, uh, Ms. Moles, for your hospitality and just for being my driver on this evening <laughs> and for everyone that is- I got you, girl. I got you. <laughs> Everyone that's a part of this wonderful platform on tonight, I need you to like and share and tag someone that could benefit from this information, especially if you live in the state of Missouri. But most of the information that I'm going to share on tonight is going to be applicable um, to any caregiver. So again, thank you. And tonight we're going to say, let's talk about caregiving support. Um, I am Jamie and I do uh, call myself the caregiver's friend. Um, I have um, been a caregiver or I was a caregiver over a 20 year period for three of my loved ones, my dad, my aunt and my mother. Um, all three of them were um, retired uh, from different industries. They had different health issues. They required different uh, assistance um, and different services. Um, my dad lived in Texas. My mother and my aunt was here in um, the state of Kansas. Um, but through those processes, I to um, a lot of the different agencies um, in both states. Um, and through that, those processes, my dad was um, a retired vet. Um, and had some medical issues that um, he got from being in uh, Vietnam uh, through Agent Orange. And so there was some services and resources that we received just by uh, him um, being um, ill from his time in Vietnam. Um, my mother stayed at home um, with me and my aunt moved from her home to uh, a rehab facility and ended up having to stay there um, in the long-term care um, end of the facility. So I went through that process um, with all three of those individuals. And here recently, during the pandemic, somebody say during the pandemic. During the pandemic. During the pandemic. In the pandemic. And during the pandemic, God put it on my heart um, as, as we were talking about pivoting and everybody was trying to figure out what they were going to do. I was still working full time, but I wanted to be of service to, to other people in this new stage that we were in, um, in our, uh, in our, land and in our world. And I pivoted and God told me that um, I could share my experience as a family caregiver with other family caregivers. And so July 1st of 2021, we started the Caregiver's Friend and we have just been moving on um, since then. So again, thank you so much for being a part of my first year uh, uh, as the Caregiver's Friend for this great invitation. So I want to start by asking a question. Are you helping a family member or friend who is elderly or seriously ill? Are you going to doctor's visits, making meals, or picking up medication for your family member or friend? Are you helping your loved ones cope with feelings of anger or sadness? Are you putting your own needs, feelings, um, and your family aside? If you've answered yes to any of these questions, you are a caregiver. So if you are a caregiver tonight, could you put that in the chat? I am a caregiver so that we can see how many caregivers we have on tonight. And if you don't mind telling us who you care for, is it your father or, or your parent, a sibling, a spouse? Um, is it your niece, or nephew, a friend, a co-worker? If you don't mind sharing, uh, let us know in the chat who you care for. 
And then we'll move on to uh, a quote that I find um, very interesting and suitable uh, by Rosalind Carter, the, the former first lady of our great country. She said that there are only four kinds of people, those who have been caregivers, those who are currently caregivers, those who will be caregivers, and those who will need a caregiver. Mm. And we can definitely, I can definitely attest to more and more people needing family caregivers. And in this session, we're mostly talking about elderly, but there are even teens and children who um, need family caregivers because of illnesses and things that they have in their lives. Uh, the definition of a family caregiver, we see you, Julia Thuston. Thank you for being <laughs> on tonight. The definition of a family caregiver is any relative, partner, friend, or neighbor who has a significant personal relationship with and provides a broad range of assistance for an older person or an adult with a chronic or disabling condition. These individuals may be primary or secondary caregivers and live with or separately from the person receiving care. So these caregivers are known as informal caregivers. And so I wanna acknowledge that every caregiving situation is different and may last from days to months to years. Some caregiving experiences are more challenging than others and some caregivers receive more help than others. Wherever you are in your caregiving journey, I salute you for going over and beyond the call of duty to ensure your loved one receives the loving care they so desperately need and deserve. So I wanna share just a few statistics with you about caregivers. There are approximately, and you can go to, I believe it's the third slide, um, Ann, I'm sorry. Okay, well, let's go ahead and bring that slide in. I was wondering when I was going to get to work. I was just having too much fun here. <laughs> I forgot. All right, let's talk about caregiving support. Mm -hmm. All right. And, and you can go to the third slide, I believe. Third it. slide? Uh, fourth slide. Fourth slide. We got right. you. There we go. So <laughs> there are approximately. 48 caregivers in the U.S. and the average age of caregivers is 49.2. Um, if you look at some resources, you'll see uh, that there are 48 to 65 to 95 million unpaid family caregivers. So what we know is that there are a lot of people providing care for their loved ones in the United States. Over 16 million Americans provide unpaid support to family and friends with dementia. It's important to note that millennials are the emerging generation of family caregivers. These are individuals between the age of 18 and 34. According to a 2018 AARP report, an estimated 10 million millennials care for an aging loved one, which is about one in four family caregivers. They're known as invisible caregivers. Um, and they're primarily known as invisible caregivers because we always consider uh, women, which generally mm -hmm. make up the large number of caregivers. And we look to older people to be caregivers. And so we really don't think about millennials being caregivers. Uh, but not only are millennials growing in the number of caregivers, but, um, excuse me, but the number of male caregivers in the 
grown in the millennial age range. There's about 47% of those individuals who are male caregivers um, that are millennials. Now, we just have a big shout out for uh, Maurice, and he says that he's taking okay. care of his niece. Yes. Thank you, Maurice, for being on tonight and for being a powerful caregiver. Um, upwards of 75% of all caregivers are female. Uh, 25% are African-Americans. Um, one in four um, are women and one in five adults are caregivers. Typically, um, let me see, 85% it says of caregivers care for a relative or a loved one, 42% care for a parent, and that kind of breaks down to 31% care for their mother, 11% care for their father. We see there uh, that caregivers get an average of uh, five hours and 57 minutes of sleep each night. Um, and I know that when I was caring for my uh, loved ones, I was up every hour on the hour or every two hours with my mom. Um, I slept in the bed with my dad the short period of time that I cared for him because I wanted to make sure that I could hear him during the middle of the night. So we know that caregivers are sleep deprived. Mm -hmm. um, most caregivers are not prepared. Uh, most caregivers um, find themselves in that situation because of a debilitating illness that occurs suddenly or someone is in a car accident or some other traumatic accident and they find themselves having to care for their loved ones. And so they really did not prepare, didn't prepare. for that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Some never thought about the prospect of being a caregiver. Um, others thought that they would have some help and they're actually doing it all by themselves. Um, and so it's important um, that we know that um, there are some that are caring for people with emotional illness and they're caring for people with special needs. So being a caregiver is one of those life experiences that you don't prepare for, um, even though you know one day you might have to be a family caregiver. Could you go to the next slide? Here we go. Hispanic and African-American caregivers experience higher burdens from caregiving and spend more time caregiving on average than their white or Asian American peers. Uh, they spend typically 30 hours per week caregiving uh, when according to research, uh, Caucasians spend 20 hours a week and Asian Americans spend about 16 hours a week. Uh, it's also important to note that 51% of caregivers have other jobs. So not only are they uh, working their nine to five or you know, 12 hour or 14 hour days, they are spending on average an extra 20 to 30 hours a week caring for their loved ones. Um, caregivers spend an average of $7,242 a year on caregiving related expenses. Um, and these expenses can be caregiving um, activities um, that include paying for health care therapist, in-home care, or medical equipment. It can include rent, mortgage, home modifications, and medical costs. Um, and research shows that if you live out of town and you're caring for a loved one, um, you're spending more money. And a lot of times you're spending more time uh, because you're on the road or you're in the air yeah. and get back and forth to see about your loved one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Lastly, caregivers are often referred to as the second silent patient. 
And they're doing, they refer to that because many of them are dying before the person that they are serving because of stress. They don't take care of themselves. Even though they're making sure that their loved one's eating, they may not eat. Even though they make sure that their loved one's taking their meds once or three times a day, they may not be taking care of taking their meds. Um, even though they're making sure that their loved ones get exercise and moving their limbs and making sure that they move and don't get stiff, they may not be walking or going to the gym or taking a run or just sitting in the chair and doing chair exercises themselves. And because of this, next slide, they All right. often go into what we call caregiver burnout. Um, caregiver burnout is a type of condition where the person feels physically, emotionally, and mentally exhausted. Uh, statistics say around 20 to 40% of caregivers suffer from critical, critical depression. And so caregiver burnout is a slow process and may happen over time. Uh, if you know someone that is suffering from caregiver burnout or you yourself feel like you're suffering from caregiver burnout, put it in the chat. Um, I need some relief. Put it in the chat. I need some relief. There are 10 indicators of caregiver burnout. And these indicators that I'm giving you come from the Alzheimer's Association. Um, anger or frustration toward the person you're caring for, anxiety, denial about your loved one's condition, depression, exhaustion that makes it tough to complete your daily tasks because you're just, just too tired, um, health problems such as getting sick more often, um, inability to concentrate, uh, makes it difficult to perform your familiar tasks or causes you to forget appointments, irritability and moodiness sleeplessness, and then social withdrawal from friends and activities that you used to enjoy. You're just overwhelmed, with tired. You're just tired. Everything makes you tired. You don't have any hope for the future because this job or, or this responsibility as being a caregiver is just overtaking you and has overwhelmed you. And so sometimes you may experience caregiver uh, burnout. Um, next slide, please, unless you have a question. Well, not really a question, but, you know, I, I'm just kind of reminiscing. It sounds kind of like being a parent. It absolutely is like being oh a parent. Oh, my goodness. You know, I mean, I remember, you know, even raising my kids, all of what you described, you know, it just, it takes you there uh, to where, you know, of course, the exhaustion, you know, being the parent, trying to, you're working, taking care of your family. And then what I'm hearing, too, not only uh, are we in life working to raise our families but then we have extended families or we have we grow you will grow into that that caregiver towards the parent and then well i know you're going to get to it but it just just sounds like a normal life cycle you know and what you were mentioning is that you know people aren't prepared well sounds like a normal life cycle to me and so maybe we should be prepared. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just to piggyback off of that is that not only um, uh, are caregivers caring for their family and their parent, they could potentially be caring for another family member. I recently spoke to someone that at one time she was caring for three or four people uh, while she was maintaining a full time job and trying to take care of herself. So um, and a lot of times that's because those that are caregivers um don't have help. 
um, because others have not stepped up to the plate or don't feel like they have the time that they want to um, give toward caregiving or don't feel like they have the patience um, or the temperament to be the caregiver. And so if you have a, a person in your family that um, has taken on that responsibility, a lot of times they feel the need to do it from whoever needs the help in their family. So they're going in several different directions. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to, to, to tell you what caregivers do, when we talk about that life cycle, um, they help with home management and care planning. So, I mean, it's it's a little easier, I think, sometimes. And that's, that's debatable, too. I was about to say it could be a little easier when that individual lives with you. Um, mm. You're not having to go from home to home and expend energy while you're going from home to home. And you can kind of manage um, right there in your home. Uh, but that's debatable. Um, because then in that case, you're, you're on call 24 hours, seven days a week because you don't get a break. Um, but not only do they do home management and care planning, medical advocacy, medical advocacy, um, they have to uh, advocate advocate for their loved one when they go to the doctor, uh, making sure that the doctor is not over prescribing or under prescribing medication, making sure that the care plan that they provide um, prescribe for the patient is something um, that the patient can. Do um, and something that the um, family can maintain. Uh, prescription medication management. I mentioned earlier, you know, some people take medicines once a day, but some people take medicines three or four times a day. And you have to manage that for people who can't do that for themselves. Um, help with personal hygiene and care. Assist with meals and nutrition. Help with mobility. Like you have to help pick a child up. Sometimes you have to help uh, a disabled parent or a disabled spouse or sibling um, with their mobility and with transfers. Um, You may have to do home maintenance and basic housekeeping. And finally, um, you may have to serve as Uber. Uh, Even though there are transportation services out there, sometimes they may not be operating at the time that you need them to operate. Um, And so you may have to serve as um, um, Uber in that in that case. Um, next slide, please. I want to make All right. Sure. Yeah, we have Maurice. He he agrees. He's saying so true. So true. So Absolutely. we're you're hitting it right, right there, the nail on the head there. Absolutely. And uh Julia, uh, she says, You can tell your children what to do. It's hard to tell a parent what to do. Raising is different than parenting, and that's that's absolutely true. Good point. Good and point. and I think it also depends. It, it depends on uh, the mental capacity of that parent as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes, if if they oh, have, oh yeah, the Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. They have mentioned Alzheimer's. Depending on where they are in that process, it it can be mm-hmm. quite challenging, um, and it can be. Um, and even as a parent, um, you can go back and forth with your child sometimes if, mm-hmm. they, if they are belligerent or. Reluctant to do what you've asked them to do. So there are a lot of similarities. I know with my mom, um, you know, she started calling me mom. Uh, she, one day she's like, okay, mom, I, uh, okay, mother. And I'm like, I'm not your mother, <laughs> you know, but she was being facetious. I'm like, I'm not your mother. But she started saying that because I started giving her a bunch of directives and telling her what to do and what needed mm-hmm. to be done. And, you know, and so she said, okay, mother. Well, I'm, you know, so, <laughs> so, and she was at a different place. Because she was, she did not have dementia, at least not what I knew to be dementia. Right, um, mm-hmm. and so she was quite clear as to what was going on. And some, and most days she did what I asked her to do. But then there were some days that she did push back on some things. So let's okay. the next slide. Okay, 
caregivers need most. From those of you who are watching tonight who are not family caregivers, what they need um, is physical support. Um, sometimes uh, there's a lot of physical work that goes into caring for a loved one. So they may need someone to run errands, someone to cook, someone um, to, to help feed their loved ones, to give them a break. Um, they may need someone to help um, with doctor's appointments, um, financial help. I mentioned earlier how much money that family caregivers pull out of their own pocket to help support their loved ones. So they may need some financial help uh, because um, some have taken time away from their careers. So their um, salary has dropped if they even have a salary. Um, they may have cut their hours um, and so they're not getting as much money as they were getting. Mm -hmm. uh, they've done this because they want to help care for their loved ones. So they may need some financial help. They need recognition. Uh, caring for a loved one can be a thankless job. Sometimes people may have more words of criticism than words of appreciation. So please acknowledge family caregivers' efforts. They may need emotional support. Uh, family caregivers don't often get to spend a lot of time with friends or families. So they may be or even feel isolated. So find ways to connect with them through a phone call or a card. Or I do drive-bys sometimes, especially during the pandemic when we weren't going into people's homes. I wanted to see people. I would just drive. I let them know I'm going drive by. All you got to do is come out. Let me wave at you. Let me see your face. I just want to make, I want to see you, see that you look good and, and, and see if I can help you in any way, um, which leads us to help with tasks. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes people may need some help calling insurance companies, scheduling appointments, um, getting the maintenance done on the home, especially if they're, li if, if um, they still live in their own home, but they're not able to, to take care mm -hmm. of the maintenance to keep the home up. Um, so they may need some assistance with that. And then finally, they need respite, a time uh, for themselves. And respite literally means a period of rest or relief. So they may need weekly uh, respite. They may need one day a week that they just need to themselves. They may need a weekend every three months. Um, they may need two weeks annually. I know that there was a period where every year I took two weeks every September. I call it my annual sabbatical. And I didn't want to hear from nobody. Don't ask me no questions. Don't text me. Don't email me. Don't call me for two weeks because I need time to myself and caregivers need that as well. Hmm. And I want to ask you a question. All right. I'm ready. Why do you, you ready, Doc? Why yes. do you think the support is so important? It's very important. I was a caregiver when I was younger, before I had children. I used to do foster care and I would do respite care for other people. And if you don't have that break, you will burn out. Everybody needs balance. You need balance in everything that you do. Absolutely. And, and um, Dr. Moles, Mother Moles, Apostle Moles, you want to <laughs> add to that? Come on with it. I need all the titles. I need that emotional support, that recognition, sis. You got it. Well, you know, the thing is, is that one of my um, my love language is helps. Uh, that That's my love language. I, I know that you love me when you help me. You roll up your sleeves and do something. I, I mean, that talk, all that, I love you. I, I No, no. Uh, so that <laughs> the recognition, oh, I see you, girl. Okay, well, that's all good. But, you, you know, you need uh, the type of help that you need. You know, some people may not need uh, that uh, physical support in a sense. Maybe they have that, but maybe they need the financial support. But to offer the type of help that is needed for that particular situation in person. So working as a team to be that caregiver, you know, supporting that caregiver. 
you know, the caregiver supporting the person that needs to be cared for. But then uh, the caregiver needs uh, closed mouths don't get fed. Right. So they need to be able to share what it is that they need. And then people should be able to respond in that way. Uh, don't give them chocolate cake when they want vanilla, you know, that type thing. So, yeah, that's why I think it's super important. Now we have Brother Kareem on and he is saying, uh, yes, we have an adult daycare in Kansas City. I'm going to get a different shot here so we don't block you there, Miss Jamie. Yeah. Um, it, yes, we have an adult daycare in Kansas City. It's amazing and sad how much it costs. I'm moving my parents to the Philippines where a live-in full-time nurse is $250 a month. Yeah, mm -hmm. caregiver, caregiving is expensive. Um, very expensive. Those daycares, and even when you have care, people caring for your loved ones in your home, it can be expensive. Um, but I'm going to tell you just in just a minute how you can become a paid caregiver um, through the state of Missouri. Um, but back to why being, why caregivers need support, particularly um, emotional, physical support. Uh, next slide is because 30% of caregivers die before their loved ones. Mm. They die before their loved ones because they are stressed out. They're burned out. They're overwhelmed. They haven't cared for themselves. And so they're broken down in their own bodies while they're trying to take care of their loved ones. So please, caregivers, get the help that you need. Take the time away that you need. Um, when your loved one is asleep, you know, maybe that's your downtime so that you can rest. Mm. Maybe wash dishes while they're awake. And when they go to sleep, you take a nap. You know, that way you're not constantly working yourself um, over and over during that time. I'm going to skip a, a couple of slides because I see our time is moving on. So let's go to the how to get paid as a family caregiver slide. Next and it's one. okay for people to say they need help. Sometimes people's uh -huh. pride is so much in the way that they won't say they need help when you know uh -huh. they need help. Now, we have a couple of uh, comments here. Maurice has a comment uh, that he is struggling, and this is to all of us. He says he's struggling with potty training a three-year-old. Oh, well, that's now, not my area. So I'm going to uh, go to Sister Dr. Ross on that. Dr. No, Ross? You don't no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Y'all don't want to know. <laughs> I get you. I have a two getting ready to be a three-year-old in July. Okay. And we go round and round. She can... She can say the Declaration of Independence. She can sing to you the Star Spangled Banner. She can count to you one through 100. But, and she can say potty. And she can say pee-pee. And she can say poo-poo. But will she? No, no. No, she won't. <laughs> Brother Maurice, what you're going to have to do is be patient. Be patient. Spanking her is not going to work. Threatening to spank her is not going to work. It worked here. Yeah, well, that I'm just saying because, you know, I know the frustration, but just the coaching, the over and over, being patient, being the kind brother that you sound like you are because you're caregiving for someone that is very, uh, very uh, sweet. 
young and very sensitive and you're there. So a lot of people aren't even there at that age. They're not even trying to deal with uh, potty training. So just be encouraged and, you know, just, just be encouraged. That's all I'm saying. Cause Dr. Ross had, she told me another story, gave me another alternative. Yeah, but it's just a Jamie, but you know, my children, they, they shout and they praise the Lord. They dance. So I had a potty chair upstairs, one downstairs. So every time they went, it was a potty, a potty. <laughs> <laughs> they were dancing, shouting, hallelujah. They were glad they went potty. And, mm -hmm. and with you, uh, my boys were potty trained at two and a half, totally. Mm -hmm. um, and when I was moving, I had a Bernie pull up on him because we were moving. I didn't want to stop. I was driving a truck. And I had told him before, if you pee pee or you go in your pull up, Bernie's going to bite your butt because that's when Bernie was popular. So driving back from Ohio, he kept saying, mommy, I got to go. Pot. I said, go in your pull up. He said, no, Bernie's going to bite my butt. So I had to <laughs> I had to stop the truck <laughs> oh, and take him to the bathroom. He was delivered, though. I didn't have to buy no more. But, you know, when you all were talking about that, the word that came to my mind, and I, I think I think Ann may have said it, was patience. You really have to have patience when you're potty training. And not only when you're potty training children, but when you're dealing with um, older adults, um, okay. particularly those with Alzheimer's or dementia um, or those who um, have other um debilitating um, illnesses, um, sometimes um, they potty on themselves. Yes, um, and it's so very, um, they're ashamed. They're very ashamed when that happens to them. Yes, and I know that um, they're not children, uh, but many of their actions would make you think that they were children because they revert back to that stage in their life, many of them. And so I would just encourage whoever you are, wherever you are, if you're dealing with incontinence, um, that you be patient and that you find a way to make um, to make sure that they uh, are feel um, that they have a level of dignity, even at that stage in their life, if they are um, experiencing incontinence. But patience is the key, right. no matter where they are. And um, even if you're tired mind. with them, mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you all know this. I, I have, um, I let it expire, but a acute care certificate. I went mm -hmm. to school for nursing at the beginning. And one thing I learned is that you have to change them and turn them over every so often to make sure they don't get bed sores either. So mm -hmm. if you're taking care of someone that does have an incontinence issue, don't just leave them laying in the bed so they have bed sores and everything else. Make sure you clean them up right away to, to clean their skin, Absolutely. clean the, the folds of their skin and, and take care of them properly. Keep let that hygiene them, up. Let them do what they can do. What I know they what they can I, do, but if they can. I love ones, um, I, I, you know, I'm like, this is, your, this is your body. You do what you need to do with your body until we got to a certain point. And mm -hmm. they would do one part and then I would do the other part. Right. But you let, you let them do what they can do because, again, it's all about dignity. You know, right. exactly. it's all about respect and it's because they're in a different point in their lives. And we don't want to shame them at the most vulnerable mm -hmm. time. Um, in their life as, um, as caregivers. Mm -hmm. um, but our time is moving on. So can I go to the next slide? Oh, you no. can. You can. Go ahead, Speed Racer. No, go back. We didn't do the go back. We, did, we didn't do this one. 
Mm. How to get paid as a family caregiver. I specifically want to make sure that we discuss this tonight because uh, Missouri is one of those states that will pay family caregivers. Um, there's um, 40 states um, across the, the country that will pay. So that lets you know that there are still some states that are struggling with paying, you know, family caregivers who are giving um, a lot of their time um, and their efforts. Um, in Missouri, there are five ways to get paid as a family caregiver, but you must be a child, a relative, or a friend. They're not at the place yet where they're paying spouses. Um, right now, I believe there are only 10 states that actually pay spouses. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm thankful that in Missouri that they are they have some monies to, to support uh, family caregivers. Um, they pay $11.15 an hour. Uh, but in order to get started with um, the Consumer Directed Services in Missouri program, you must use a fiscal intermediary. Um, and the one that is number one um, um, in the state of Missouri is Freedom Care. Um, and so, uh, and you see the uh, website there, you can go to freedomcaremo.com and uh, you can um, register and fill out whatever application that they have so that you can go through the process to, to see if you're eligible so that you can get started. But that's the first thing. Then the second way you can get paid is through caregiver contracts between family members. Um, and that's a, a program that they have through uh, Medicaid. Um, there's a Medicaid cash and counseling program in Missouri. Um, also, you can get paid through the settlement of a family member's life insurance policy. And then finally, the IRS tax, tax credits for family caregivers. Um, again, if you go to freedomcaremo.com, um, you can read all of the information that they have there for you. Um, it's very beneficial, and I would encourage you to take advantage of it. And the reason why that's important um, is because, um, and you can go to the next slide, um, the Older Americans Act supports those services for um, older Americans age 60 and over plus um, their family caregiver. And so I recently found out that Every year, millions of dollars go back to the government because family caregivers are not taking advantage of these programs that are available in their state. So I would encourage you, um, and even if you don't need it and you know someone else that does, I would encourage you to share the information with them uh, because we want to utilize every resource that is available to us. Um, I would encourage you to start um, with the uh, Missouri Association of Area Agencies on Aging. Um, in the state of Missouri, there are several um, regions. In Kansas City area, it's called the Mid-America Regional Council. Um, I think they um, service 119 cities in like 19 regions, two states, which will be Kansas and Missouri. Um, so you want to go on the website and, and check out their information, medicare.gov, medicaid.gov, aarp.gov, um, National Alliance for Caregiving, alzheimers.gov, cancer.org, and the American Association for Caregiving Youth. And that's particularly for those who are in that young adult millennial age. So all of these um, websites, you will find resources, you will find tips and strategies, you will find services, um, articles that will be very beneficial to you as uh, a family caregiver. Um, and then my final two slides are just information about me, the caregiver's friend and what we've got coming up. 
So if you are a, a family caregiver and you'd like to be a part of a support group, we have a virtual caregiver support group that will be starting in, um, in April. Our very first session will be April the 5th. It's free and it will be just one hour from 6 to 7 p.m. Um, it's a safe environment for you to come and share with other caregivers to learn and to grow and to find support. Um, we are um, guided by Christian principles, uh, but we won't try to, uh, we won't try to, um, uh, what they say, proselytize you, uh, but we will pray for you. <laughs> we will pray for you. So if you'd like to be in that kind of environment, please come on um, and sign up. You can sign up on Eventbrite um, between now and next, um, the 5th. Uh, you can sign up until an hour before um, the support group. My tornado sirens are going off. That's why I keep looking around. Oh, oh, so I, need, I need to go for cover. And then my next slide is my last slide for tonight is that I would encourage you to join me and others um, in your caregiving journey and your caregiving walk. Um, I do caregiver chats, which is just a 30 minute one-on-one -on -one conversation. It's just a, 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 a you can vent, um, you can talk. I'm not gonna provide you with any solutions. Somebody say no solutions. No solutions. No solutions. It's just an opportunity for you to vent with somebody that understands where you are and, and, and where you are heading on your journey. If you like some coaching, that's a little bit more detailed. That's one-on-one -on -one coaching. There, I will provide you with some solutions and help you um, go through your process as your as a family caregiver. Um, I've just mentioned the caregiver support group, and then finally on Facebook, you can join our caregiver crew. We post information there daily. It's an opportunity for you to connect with other people um, on Facebook, and we would love to have you join our group. There are people in the group from all over the country, and we just recently got a global person that just uh, uh, joined our group. Wonderful. We're excited about that. And the last slide is just a thank you, Dr. Gina Ross. We want to support her and her campaign and her bid um, as our candidate for the state of Missouri. I live in Kansas, but she's our candidate, and we want to support her and make sure that everybody has a word. Um, um, that knows that she is running for the U.S. Senate and we want to support her in the best way that we can. So thank you again. If you have any other questions, I'm happy to answer them. Well, we yeah. just have some comments here. Um, I believe uh, Kareem has a question about what about when I get my parents out of state or country, will they still pay? No, if they're not in the particular state that the services are offered in, they would not be able to pay. Okay. All right. And uh, and uh, Julia says that she could have been uh, getting paid. Wow. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that was, that's a big number, what you were saying, that millions of dollars go back because people aren't aware that there are resources Absolutely. that can help with, uh, that will pay them as they help their loved ones um, and then of course uh lance lance says no solution so he's piggybacking on what it is that you were going to share on your your uh feed and, and your your information so he, as far as the one-on-ones and 30-minute sessions 50-minute sessions that you just allow people to vent which is very important very important. Thank you, Lance, for participating and sharing. And I, I want to add to Kareem's, to my response to Kareem. Now, 
you know, when there's a will, there's a way. And I'm wondering um, if they still have a, a, a Missouri address, mm -hmm. if it would be possible to get those services. Um, but if you're going to physically move them and their address is going to move, um, everything is going to move, then, then that I would I would doubt that they would offer service uh, a payment for that. But I certainly could look into that for you if you like. And definitely, you are out there on Facebook, Ms. Jamie Johnson. So, Kareem, you can chat with her on Facebook, get in touch with her. If you have more questions, uh, go through her webpage. You can go through her webpage and uh, contact the contact us on, on that webpage. I'm sure you have that. But the best way probably to get in touch with you is um the caregivers friend kc.com. The caregiverskc.com. Okay. All right. Friend, All right. <laughs> All right. Let's uh let me just go out here. I wanna I know you you're ready to to jump out jump ship here, but you're just you have so much great information. We really appreciate uh, okay. you. No, I appreciate you. And sorry if I seemed a little distracting. Like I said, I'm in the middle of a tornado. So that's why I'm trying to sit here and and be cool, but I'm still listening. Oh boy. <laughs> I thank you so much. And that I care about people. I care about people's well-being. And I really thank God for what you're doing. It's a very good ministry and it's very helpful to so many people. And the information that you have, I'm going to put this on the website so other people can look and make sure everybody likes and shares so more people can know these this information, these great resources that mm -hmm. Jamie has. That the, I think the is great. And that's and the we're learning and growing. I find out if new information every day, honestly. It's um, always, um, but I want to be a resource to family caregivers. Um, and I, I want them primarily to know that they're not alone. So many family caregivers are doing this by themselves. And I know that you said you got to open your mouth and close mouths, don't get fed. But some, some people open their mouths and they are so frustrated mm -hmm. because their family members will not step up to the plate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I um, often say then you got to cast the, 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 the net a little wider because maybe your sister or your brother won't step up to the plate. But that doesn't mean a cousin won't. That doesn't mean your best friend won't. That doesn't mean someone from your church or your faith community won't. It doesn't mean uh, a co-worker that loves you. And, and wants to support you won't. Yeah. So sometimes you have to look beyond. I'm an only child, but I didn't have siblings to look to. I had to go outside of myself to get the assistance that I needed. And the people that I asked um, stepped up to the plate. Now, now I will say, I had one friend that lived in my neighborhood and she told me, Jamie, I'll sit with your mama anytime you need me to sit with her, but I don't do potty runs. So <laughs> I said, no problem. So I didn't ask that individual to come sit with my mother um, if I was going to be gone for more than an hour or more than two hours. Um, and if I knew I was going to be gone, then I did the potty run with my mother before I left. So the person that was coming to sit with her would not have to worry about a potty run while I was gone. Right, right. You, know, you just have to find different ways to bring different people into your circle. So I call it build your tribe so that you are not doing this all by yourself. I would have mm -hmm. been nuts. You talk, 
You hear me? I would have been nuts had I had, you know, had to do all of that by myself. But the Lord mm-hmm. opened the door and I had people that stepped up um, and provided provided some help for me. And I'm so uh, very grateful for that. All right. All right. Well, thank you, Ms. Jamie. What a great uh, subject and information. Very timely for because it's the life cycle of life that we all need to be made aware of. And Kareem says he's he's forwarded th- this episode to his mother and that information to his mom. That's and, great. <laughs> uh, you know, just uh, and Maurice says, good night. Time for me to put her to the bed this evening so he's still <laughs> hanging in there with the three-year-old <laughs> and that is wonderful yeah maurice is a part of the caregiver crew so yes he is. okay on tonight and he lives right. so it's a two for one for maurice tonight <laughs> all right wonderful wonderful well again we want to thank everyone for joining and uh you were just gonna definitely support our candidate and this is just another opportunity to get the word out that she is concerned about those things that concern us as missourians and you know kansans too we get a lot of support from people that are out of state which is very interesting but she cares for people and uh, you can I gotta get go away out. from this glass, so I'm gonna sign off, you guys. Okay, I'm all right, we're, but I'm next we're out. We're radio. out. Bye bye, okay. everyone. Thank you, bye. thank you so much. But I gotta go. Hey, gotta go. All right, thank gotta you. Go. Love y'all. Bye bye. I'm Dr. Gina Ross, and I'm running for U.S. Senate for the state of Missouri. I'm good trouble because people are my first priority. I will stay true to all people as I stay true to myself. I'm unbossed, unbought, and unbiased, paving the way for change. Please follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or go to my website, RossForUSSenate.com. We're better together, building a better tomorrow beginning today. Business as usual is no longer acceptable and feel free to make a contribution. No dollar amount is too small. Thank you very much.